welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs won another series, this time against the Brewers, who look less and less like a playoff team every day, and you love to see it at home. For Cubs news, updates, and banter, we're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating. I am Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and celebrate Wilson Contreras walk-offs and Hap's 100th home run that are still happening at Wrigley Field, because they are both still Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. And I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How is it going today, Danny? Uh, well, it's going. And uh, I, I am exhausted. I had such a fun day yesterday out at Club 400 Palooza with Stuart McVicker and the gang. Uh, man, what a what an awesome day. Bleacher Bum Band got to rock on the rooftop. We were hanging out with Patrick Wisdom. We had Miguel Esparza, the Spanish language voice of the Cubs. We had Jeremiah Paprocki, the announcer in the ballpark for the Cubs, was there. Wayne Mesmer and Kathleen were there. Just star-studded event. We had a blast. The Blue Angels were flying all over the place. It was just, what a, what a full weekend. I am exhausted. The Cubs beating the Brewers. Everything was just coming up Danny, I guess you could say. I had a great weekend. Yeah, uh, what a fun time. That party looked fantastic, and it looked like y'all were rocking. I was super sorry to miss it. Incidentally, if you're hearing weird background noises or anything that you don't normally hear, it's because I am not in Chicago, which is why I was not at that show. And this neighborhood has been taken over by helicopters and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure what's going on, <laughs> but we're just going to do the show anyway, because that's that's how we roll here at Cup of Cubby Blue. Uh, let's talk about this Brewers series. The Cubs won two out of three, and, and they didn't just win some games. Like, they really battled back. They showed a lot of fight. They were down, then they were up, then they were down, then they were up. That all of these games were just roller coasters, and and there was a lot of good in these games. But we'll start um, with a little bit of bad from the first game. Keegan Thompson only won three point two innings here, and the, and they were not great. He's on the fifteen day IL, and who, Danny? Is this the innings? Is it something else? What's going on with Keegan Thompson? Yeah, you know, I was kind of feeling that Keegan needed to skip a start because he was just looking a little off. And now we find out that he's going to the injured list for, what, 15 days, I believe. And so, you know, maybe it's just like time to press the reset button on Keegan. He's a young pitcher. Yeah, he didn't look good in this one. He was uh, leaving a lot of balls over the plate, and it, it wasn't a great the last few, I believe, haven't been really good from him. So so I, I think that we're just in a spot right now where this is the most innings he's ever pitched in a year. And he's probably just kind of hitting a wall here. So maybe this little IL stint and then finishing the year strong is exactly what the doctor ordered. Literally, the doctor is ordering it. <laughs> Indeed. But, but with that small complaint out of the way, the complaint department is really closed on these first two days. I mean... This was an outstanding series against a team that is in playoff contention. The Cubs are not, but they battled every single game. Uh, if you look at the WPA charts for either of these games, really, you'll, they look kind of like a roller coaster, right? Like you've got the you've got one team winning, then the other team winning, then the one team winning, then the other team winning, and, and it's just kind of crazy. Um, Danny, what did you see in these back and forth games with the Cubs? Well, I was Adam and it was a lot of fun to be there. I went on Friday with my mom taught English at the library out in Palatine, Illinois. And um, she it has some Japanese students, uh, Yuka and her husband, Tatsuya. Uh, they were there with their daughter, Nagi, 
such a sweet kid. They were seeing Wrigley Field for the first time in their lives and just seeing it through their eyes was a really special thing. Uh, Suzuki had a good game, which uh, they were really excited to see a little, little hometown pride for them. And um, I, I believe, did he hit a, yeah, he had a double in this game. And I, when I was sitting with them, they were like, yeah, it's Suzuki, you know? So we just had such a blast and it was uh, really a, just an awesome, fun game. You had the Morel two-run shot that ends up being the difference in the thing and uh, wrap that thing around a foul pole. We got to see uh, Fran Mill Reyes' second career triple, both in a Cubs uniform. That big man can move when he gets going. So just a lot of fun it, on Friday. And then, of course, Saturday, it was the basically the – thank God Wilson Contreras is still on this team. I know right? you were at the – yeah, seeing Wilson Contreras walk off this game was one of the best things I've ever seen in, from the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I mean, now, I have issues with the fact that it even got to extra innings. Uh, I feel like there were a few things that it kind of left me scratching my head. Um, one was Marcus Stroman, an amazing start. One of his best of the year. Kind of slipped off the mound. Seemed like he was hurt. And then... Uh, but then he's like, no, I'm fine. Leave me in, which Ross did, which I was kind of like, what's the point of that? Like, you know, I understand you want to beat the Brewers and stuff, but like if he's serious, if he's hurt, get him out of there. Well, then he gives up the single and that was it anyway. So he was like, probably just got one more batter and then he couldn't get it. And then they bring freaking, uh, was it Wick that screwed it up? Yeah. Wick messed that one up and it was, it was really unfortunate. Yeah, and he just hasn't been good this year. I mean, you can't have a closer or somebody at the back end of your bullpen with an ERA over four. That's not nails. And so it didn't work out for, for that whole move. I started calling Grandpa Rossi, Grandpa Lossy out in the bleachers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's – so. and then you got that, like, kind of hap-caught-looking moment with when the Cubs could have won it in regulation. And I really thought that – I'm like, dude, come on. You got to swing at that. You know, and it reminded me of like stuff that Schwarber used to do when he used to get too cute with being right about balls and strikes and he was wrong. Yeah. So, you know, I, so it was just, um, you know, that was tough, but all's well that ends well. Wilson with the big fly it hit the home run and then he ended up walking it off. Just a really excited game. Uh, I don't know. It, it, and uh <laughs> <laughs> heckling Christian Yelich. I don't know if you heard us out there in left field, Sarah, but when I did not, but I can imagine ball, it. Tell, tell people what, it, what was up. <laughs> well, we gave him some MVP chance. That's for sure. As he walked back, um, boy, has he fallen a lot, uh, from his, those days, those headier days when he was actually a good player, but, um, there we MVP MVP. And then we also gave him, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> Which uh, we were giving it to a bleacher. Jeff specifically has a, um, let's say, tumultuous relationship with uh, Christian Yelich. Christian looks out at us and just stares. And so he's having fun with us, too. You know what I mean? Jeff just stares right back. (laughs) It's just it's a good time. It's a good time. Well, Danny, you know, it was a good time. And the thing with Christian Yelich is he just kind of. Is that going to be an albatross of a contract for the Brewers? Like, he does not look good at all. He has no power. He's not making good plate appearances. 
he's botching routine plays in the outfield. Like, I am glad the Cubs don't have Christian Yelich. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, well, right now I am. I mean, a couple of years ago, I, I wasn't. <laughs> but we were calling him, the, we were yelling out at him, like, hey, how does it feel to be the Brewers Hayward? I mean, <laughs> kind of, gotta, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, really a, a, a big contract, their biggest, I believe. He was certainly playing up to it for a time, but no longer. So, but. Uh, but he did manage to uh, get, I think he knocked in a run in this extra innings when he got, he got the courtesy runner home at some point. And so it was, a, it, it's always sad to see him succeed. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, you gotta love what Stroman gave out there. He got screwed out of the win. Um, I don't know how Yelich, well, he dropped the ball, which was pretty funny. So, yeah, let's um, drop the then, ball. That should be a song of yours, Danny. Yeah, it literally dropped the ball. It's the second time I've used literally <laughs> properly in kind of because it wasn't written down, but it probably was somewhere. Maybe bleed cubby blue. But um, and then it's kind of sad. Like I really wanted the the sweep, you know, and right. things were looking good in the third game. Hap hits his hundredth. Like that's a, you know. Okay. Can we talk about Hap's Hap's hundredth for one second? Because not only did I love him hitting his 100th and I obviously love that he hit it with the Chicago Cubs who like good job, not trading Ian Hap, but also how great were the dugout celebrations there? Wilson Contreras, Christopher Morrell, Nelson Velasquez are bouncing up and down, just like giddy with excitement. Wilson is the first person to come over and give Hap a hug, just overjoyed through the through the moon, like just very excited about everything. I love all of it, and I want more of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it's it's an exciting, it's exciting to watch the Cubs again. Like the if too bad that it took the entire season to get on any kind of roll. <laughs> too bad. We, we didn't ever have the, the too bad Miley got hurt, you know, too bad. Some of the injuries too bad that they didn't spend that, you know, $70 million that they had in payroll that they could have and still stayed into the tax too bad. They didn't spend that and uh, make make the team slightly better. We'd be in, we'd be in contention. I mean, the brewers aren't good. The Cardinals aren't that good. So this is what I was just going to ask. I, this team is not that far removed from competing in this division. How many games do you think the Cubs could have won if they had just given up the ghost on the whole Andrelton Simmons? Oh, what's the name of the other Jonathan VR. Like I'm blocking these people from my memory. Like I just, why were those people here playing baseball that mattered at all? Yeah. Zach McKinstry. Oh wait, he's still here. He's still here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, with all of that, Fangraphs has this team projected for 72 wins. Lots of questions on the old Twitter timeline about whether winning matters more here given the draft pick. As a reminder for listeners, the draft system is a lottery system now. So any team that doesn't make the playoffs gets put in a lottery for the first six picks, and then the lowest teams by record get pick seven, eight, nine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My question for you, Danny, is given how that lottery system works, that all of the teams who are not in the playoffs, have a shot at picks one through six. Shouldn't the Cubs just try to win out here? I would just try to win out. Let these young guys experience winning, build team culture, have some fun. Well, I mean, yeah, because you're, you're, you're showing the Brewers that 
you've got some guys that are arriving on the scene right now. So, and it's important for them to make those statements. You know, you think back to like the second half of 2014 or, you know, years like that, where you start to show a little pride in your team and you're starting to put some things together. It starts to become clearer what your needs are. And so I I feel like that's kind of where we are right now. Um, I mean, I hope we are. I mean, I hope it's not any further off. Like if we can get like a 2015 ish year next year, Hey, that was a lot of fun. And 2015 was more fun than 2016 in many respects. And I, I, and I, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but I, I, I've talked to a lot of people that feel the same because they came out of the blue and, uh, with guys and it wasn't necessarily like Christopher Morrell's like he's he's like your Wilson of that time you know just kind of coming into his own unexpectedly overperforming what you thought that he might have done when when you first even heard of him or saw him in spring training and it's like you know if you could start to develop some of this homegrown pitching I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Killian and Wisniewski coming up like if let's say you get like a Keegan Thompson taking a step forward along with Wick, who looked really good in this series where he struck out nine again, even though he didn't win um, or the Cubs didn't win. You know, if you're looking at a situation where, you know, you can add some young arms and maybe even, and then to a veteran like Stroh, maybe you hold on to Smiley and get something there and start developing some real pitching depth Add a legitimate closer and you got yourself a team and they've got the money to do it. What is it like 94 million next year on the books? It's like, Oh yeah. They, they have could, a ton of money they, to spend. They have a ton of money to spend. And like, so I'm starting to get excited. So you might as well win out. Like I really could give a crap about, uh, I really, I mean, I know that a lot of people disagree with this. They'd be like, no, you should lose every single game. And there's a lot to be said to that. Like, just lose 120 games, be the Washington Nationals, suck, suck, suck. And then uh, at the end of it all, uh, you get your high draft pick. But, like, who cares? Like, the, you're not going to get – how different is it really going to be if you get, like, number five or number seven pick? You know, like, or number seven or nine or, you know, like, it doesn't matter that much. We're still bad. We're still going to yeah. get a high pick. I mean, I look just at the Chicago Cubs team and, and I think everything you just said is right. For example, like Nick Madrigal is the pick that the White Sox took in the same draft where the Cubs got Nico Horner. Nick Madrigal, I think, went fourth or sixth or something like that in that draft. Nico Horner went 24th. Is there, like... Honestly, that I, I think I'd rather have Nico. Like I, the relative draft pick doesn't matter nearly as much as the scouting. And I just feel like if you can build a winning culture and like get these guys excited and ready to play some meaningful baseball in 2015, so that when you add maybe a shortstop or you add a couple of starting pitchers who throw more than 95 miles per hour and strike some guys out, when you add a piece or two that can make a difference when you extend Wilson Contreras. So you have the best hitting catcher in baseball on your team to mentor these young guys and make sure that they put together a real meaningful winner, that all of that comes together faster. It seems like this is a team that could be six or eight months away from a playoff race. And and that's exciting to me. And I don't think that you should blow that by trying to tank and get, and, and get a, chance at maybe the seventh pick instead of the 10th or 11th. Yeah. 
Well, and not to mention the fact that if you are going to try to sign free agents in the offseason and convince them that you're trying to win, you have to show them that you have an exciting team and it's a fun place to play. I mean, most players will tell you that Wrigley is an awesome place to play. I mean, I think about when. Um, I mean, Strowman uh, said it this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Strowman said it. And and I think back to like Nick the Stick. Uh, what was his last? Castellanos. Castellanos. But, yeah, so it's funny. I can think of his nickname, but not his actual name. I probably call him Nick the Stick more than I call him uh, Castellanos. Um, so, but he, I remember him sitting there when the whole crowd singing Go Cubs Go and like they're trying to talk to him at, at the interview. The interviewers trying to talk to him, or it was Kelly Kroll or whoever it was. And um, he just like was like looking out into the fans and just soaking it all in and just really enjoying it. Like, legitimately enjoying his time with the Cubs that such brief time with us. But um, what a, it, it, so you have that going for you to get free agents, but if you can, but you have to, for a, for like a guy, like let's say Correa or like Trey Turner or uh, Xander Bogarts for that matter to, to consider playing for a team when they've got a lot of different choices and great teams to choose from that are going to compete next year. Um, I, I mean, if you want to turn that around and get those players to come to Chicago, you have to prove you're ready to win. And if that's what we're going to do in the second half of the year, I think that's more important than just like sliding up a slot in your draft. I think we're in agreement there. I'm looking at it right now. We have 52 wins. Uh, the Reds are worse. Uh, Pittsburgh's worse. Miami's even. Washington's worse. Um, Detroit and Kansas City are worse, and Oakland and L.A. is right there with us with 52 wins. So uh, uh, Angels and then Oakland. So there's a, there's a bunch of teams kind of like packed around that like 10th worst yeah. team. And then, yeah. So I, I mean, think the Cubs are pretty the solidly – they're pretty solidly going to wind up in the bottom 12. Like if you look at where Fangraphs projects teams to finish the season, there's a break line – Right around the Diamondbacks, where they finish, according to Fangraphs projections, at 74 and 88, where the Red Sox are more of a 500 team at 80 and 82. Um, the Cubs are in that lower group at 72 and 90. But, like, really, what's the difference between you win 75 games and you're, like, the 13th best, or you win 65 games and you're, like, the 6th best? At this point, you all have an equal shot at those 1-6 to six draft picks. And then, okay, maybe you get the 7th pick versus the 13th pick. I'm totally fine with winning now, getting some good vibes going for Christopher Morrell, Nelson Velasquez, Justin Steele, who has been absolutely killing it and just fire to watch, right? And then build on what you get from that. Yeah. No, I I, I like kind of what the makeup of the team is. I mean, a lot is really depending on the the pitching. I mean, we just that is that is really where we've had our kind of issues this year uh you know the bullpen is one of the highest earned run averages in the majors we you know wicks having a very off year and we are kind of looking for him to become more of well maybe a future closer i think was hope uh, and uh i'm not seeing that this year so you really have to Make sure you have some uh, some guns at the some bigger guns at the back end of that um, 
of the of the bullpen plus depth in the rotation. So you're going to have to either sign it or some of these dudes like, you know, Killian and Wisniewski have to take a step forward uh, and uh, play their way under the team basically is what we need for them, their development to land them in Chicago as, uh, I don't know, great players <laughs> would be nice. <laughs> We'd love to see the Cubs with really high end homegrown pitching. We have not really seen that yet. Um, well, we are going to talk. We are going to talk about the potential for some Cubs homegrown pitching on the flip side. But first we need to take a quick break for our sponsors, on the flip side, there are five, yes, five games between the Cubs and the Cardinals at Wrigley Field this week. And it sounds like a couple of the guys that Danny was just talking about, Caleb Killian and Hayden Wisniewski, might be playing a part in those games. Stay tuned after the break, but first a quick word for our sponsors. And we're back. The Cardinals are in first place. They are pulling away from the Brewers, and they are doing some damage, as we'll talk about in a bit, but a five-game series at Wrigley, including a doubleheader on Tuesday and some injuries with Keegan Thompson hitting the IL, Wade Miley getting pulled from his rehab start with some more shoulder uh, tightness means that the Cubs are go are going to have to find some guys to pitch in these games. And our friend Crawley says that on Tuesday, one of the guys who will pitch in that game is Caleb Killian, who made his debut earlier this season at Wrigley Field. And he says that on Wednesday, it's looking like Hayden Wisniewski, who the Cubs just got in a trade for Scott Efros to the Yankees, may get his MLB debut. A lot of this is listed as TBD on the MLB page, but Rotowire said Rotowire agrees with Crawley. Danny, what do you think about these pitching matchups and these call-ups? Yeah, I mean, it, it will be it'll be cool to see our shiny new toy Wisniewski. Um and Killian Killian when he came up it didn't really go well. In fact, it just kept getting worse. Like the first time he went out there was against St. Louis uh during a doubleheader uh, and he gave up uh three runs on three hits. Uh it struck out 6 through 5 and then it, it he did badly against the Padres and then he did even worse against Pittsburgh where he only lasted 2. Point one innings. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. So hopefully he's figured some stuff out. I'm, I'm looking at his stats right now. He it ended up with a ERA over 10 so far in the majors, but, uh, triple A Iowa, I wouldn't say it's going particularly great. Um, he's got a, uh, four Oh three earned run average over 80 innings. Um, he's struck out a hundred though in those 80 innings. So he's got the stuff to miss bats. He's just been, uh, given up. Well, only six home runs in those 80 innings. It's not terrible. Um, so you hopefully, I mean, you know, you just want him to get the experience to learn the league and you want him to, I don't know, gain confidence at this level. You, you're, he's a part of your future. I mean, he's the guy we got for Bryant, right? Yeah, he's one of the guys that we got for Brian. Um, I would love to see what Caleb Killian has. I, I know that he looked really good initially, and then he looked like he was a little bit overmatched and he was adjusting too much. I thought it was good to send him back down. Not sure if those adjustments have been made, but, you know, sometimes necessity <laughs> it pu pushes, pushes you to make some of those changes the best way that you possibly can. The kid that I'm really interested to see this week, though, is Hayden Wisniewski, who has not looked – brilliant since coming over with the Cubs. If you just look at his ERA, his ERA is 10.13, and you might think that's a yikes, but honestly, that's a lot of bad luck. His his BABIP batting average on balls in play is 419 at the moment. That is not 
real. That's uh, way too high. It means that he's getting some blue pits and unlucky contact against him. His FIP is actually 3.39 in his 10 innings with the 10 and two thirds innings with the Cubs. And most interestingly to me, with the Yankees in AAA, his K per nine was 8.33 and his his walk rate was 2.81. With the Cubs, it's already his K per nine is up to 10.97. Now, I don't know if Daniel Moskos, who's one of the coaches that was super excited about Hayden Wisniewski coming over, is working with him to get some more strikeout stuff going, but a 10.97 K per nine in AAA catches my attention. Danny, what are you thinking with Hayden Wisniewski possibly coming up? Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. You know, this is the kind of thing that we, we were just talking about, that if the Cubs can manage to grow some pitching and and elite pitching at that, like that's what needs to happen. It's like so you need some top line guys to come through. And those are created. I mean, sometimes they don't just come out of the box that way, you know. And so if you have a system by which you're – you've got a like look at the Dodgers like they're developed pitching like in their sleep and they're so good at it so if you can do that in Chicago a you're going to save yourself a lot of money because pitching is really expensive if you want the best so uh, that's one thing so if you look down the line and you've got like these guys starting their clocks for the next six seven years on the team and they're all kind of coming up together. It kind of reminds me of the core that came up when all the dudes hit totally in 2015 and 16, except for this time they'll be in starting rotation. And that's pretty cool. So like if you, if you can cons- consider that, let's say Killian and Wisniewski can play their way onto this team and have similar seasons to let's say what Justin Steele and what Keegan Thompson had. And then you add that to what you already do have. You're right. looking pretty good for next year. So, I mean, so I'm excited to see them come up. I'm for, I wish I could go to the game on Wednesday if it's going to be Hayden Wesnetsky, but I am busy that evening. Unfortunately, I'm sad about that. I always like to catch a debut if I can. Yeah, I'm super bummed that I'm out of town for the Wesneski debut or the probable Wesneski debut. I, it has not been announced yet as well. I was, I was like kind of kicking myself. I'm like, oh man, I'm not in Chicago to go check that one out. But uh, if you are in Chicago, you may want to look for some tickets for Wednesday before it get anna- gets announced because those tickets will go up once that is announced. One other piece of news uh, along the lines of prospect watch, you know, if you've been watching some of these minor league games on marquee, you've seen Pete Crow Armstrong just go off this week, which has been super fun. There are rumors fast and furious on uh, Twitter that Alexander Canario is heading to triple A already. And he has just been raking as well. One of the counter moves there potentially is that Brennan Davis could be headed to South Bend. That would just be a fantastic boost uh, to the Cubs prospects this season. Yeah, and it is confirmed, I think, that Canario is moving. I I got a guy on the inside that actually texted me that this morning, that he's moving up. And then I think I did see it on the Twitter wire now that it is official or somebody wrote an article anyway. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he's been raking. I mean, he's got – at, at at South Bend, he was already doing awesome. He had a 944 OPS and uh, slashing 281, 365, 84. And then at Double A Tennessee, uh, 880 OPS. Um, his batting average uh, went down, but the home the home runs went way up. So uh, 24 home runs there at Tennessee in. 81 games. So like you're basically hitting one every three, four games. Um, 
And he's slugging doubles, too. I mean, this is exciting. And he's one of the ones, just by looking at him, because he's a big, muscular guy, um, just by looking at him, like, I'm kind of, he's like, I'm pretty excited about him. I'm pretty excited about, uh, I mean, he he actually, he's only 6'1". He I mean, looks bigger. I'm super excited about Canario, and it, and it's wild. We're talking about two guys that the Cubs traded Chris Bryant for just a year ago, right? Like Caleb Killian is going to be in the rotation this week, and Alexander Canario is going to be in AAA. Um, he's 22 years old. He's got a future value at Fangraphs of 45, which means he's probably a major league regular, not like a star player at the moment, but they would project him as a major league regular right now. But he's got some serious raw power and if he can get his game power up to that raw power number, which is that home run uh, rate that you were talking about, man, he could be fun to see. And it seems like, I mean, AAA is one stop away from Chicago, right? Like that seems like a guy that you could theoretically maybe see making his tryout for the Cubs in spring training of 2023. Yeah, you could. And and uh, I don't know where he plays. <laughs> You've got we'll to worry about that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You, well, you want to get him his reps, and that's the thing. Is so you've got kind of Morell taking some time out there. Uh, you've but he also plays infields. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Morell's your third baseman in the future of the future, or your second baseman, depending on what happens with Nick Madrigal. I think that Morell, his real strength is his versatility. And look, I mean, I love me some Patrick Wisdom, but I would also love to see Christopher Morell at third base and Patrick Wisdom at first base. It could be. I mean, I think that with defense at first base is kind of too important to leave in the hands of Patrick Wisdom, but um, and it's and it kind of is a waste of his arm. I think yeah, he has um, you're right. He has good arm. And and so I, I don't know. It's it, he's a pretty good fielder too. Um, not the best, but I don't. I don't know. It, you know, I think there's going to be some some trades that'll happen. I it, I it, it's got to maybe they retool in some other way and part ways with some guys that you maybe would rather see on the team, but you got to kind of wait and see what happens. Like just because Alexander Canario's sniffing the major leagues right now, doesn't mean it's going to work out, you know? So I'm excited about it all that we might get a chance to see these guys up in the, on on the Cubs sooner and later, but um, you know, there's no reason to rush anything we've got we've got i mean like we're gonna displace hap probably not well i mean yeah the there's there's a lot of open questions there i just think it's interesting to see the prospects are moving and they're making some waves and and i'm excited to see what could happen there uh speaking of people who are making waves the cardinals bats have been absurd lately i actually like triple checked these numbers to make sure that i wasn't totally losing my mind as I looked at the last month of what the Cardinals hitters have done. Now, to be clear, this includes a road trip to Coors Field. It also includes series, multiple series against the Diamondbacks and Rockies, who are terrible. So, like, take these numbers with that backdrop. And still, in the last month and change, here are your Cardinals hot hitters as they head into Wrigley Field. Albert Pujols, yes, that Albert Pujols, has a WRC Plus of 306. He has been 206% better than the league average hitter at driving in runs. Paul Goldschmidt is at 218. Lars Newbar is at 191. Brendan Donovan is at 189. Yes, I checked. It's a month of time. Nolan Arenado is at 186. Nolan Gorman is at 165. Paul DeYoung is at 137. Corey Dickerson is at 128. And Andrew Kinzer, 
is at 124. That is an entire lineup of dudes who have a WRC plus, not just over 110, but over 120. Danny, what is going on in St. Louis? Well, I mean, do you want to hear my my conspiracy theory? Yes. Go. I think we're all letting, about conspiracies. I think, I, I think they're letting Pujols take drugs. <laughs> Pee in the cup. That's, that's all I'm saying. Wow. All, I'll leave it at that. I wasn't going to go there. I don't know. I thought you were going to go off on some rant about how Yachty being in Puerto Rico makes the team stronger. And then I was going to riff off how, how, okay. So for those of you who have not been following the Yachty story on Twitter, and honestly, totally understand if you don't follow Yachty stories on Twitter, because like I understand and wish I didn't have to do that either. But Yachty or Molina, who is as a measurement of war, questionable at best. Hall of Fame candidate, but gets all of this love from the BBWA in terms of intangibles and leadership and team defense and being a, being a leader in the clubhouse. And look at all the championships and blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. Has absconded to Puerto Rico twice this season. Once when he was rehabbing his knee because he just kind of wanted to go hang out with his family. And look, I get that. I wouldn't want to rehab in St. Louis either, but you're the leader of the team and it's a playoff race. <laughs> and then this week in August, like late August with the team Finally getting into first, chasing down the Brewers, doing all this stuff. He just goes there because he's apparently part owner of a professional Puerto Rican basketball team. And and he needed to go be at their championship game. And look, buddy, you want to go manage your championship basketball team? Do that and retire from baseball. This is hurting his Hall of Fame case, right? It has to. Let's hope because he doesn't have the numbers to put him in. I mean, what's the joke? Jason Kendall? Jason Kendall. Yes. So, Yeah. So, and I I will, you know, and I do agree with the idea of intangibles mattering in maybe a Hall of Fame case, but if that's all you got, well, that's all you got because you're Jason Kendall other than that. So I I don't think it's enough, but yeah, I mean, he certainly thinks he's a Hall of Famer. Let me tell you that much, but, um, but yeah, this, (laughs) and he's been going on the radio and like being drunk too i have a friend who lives down in puerto rico jose orlando (laughs) and and he's like listen yachty slurring i forget if he was being interviewed or i forget what it was exactly but he sends me stuff every now and again so i can practice my spanish and so i practice my spanish by making fun of yachty or molina drunk slurring on the on the interviews so yeah i mean listen i hate the cardinals like i i anything that anything good that happening happening to them it makes me mad and um because they're not that good and like i'm mad that they got nolan arenado from the rockies for nothing still i'm mad that you know that they didn't give up all that much to have paul goldschmidt on their team i'm mad i'm mad about albert pujols being a baseball player still especially on the cardinals you know it's like i just i want to make life difficult for them this week I really do, just like we are doing for the Brewers and sending them packing. But unfortunately, beating the Brewers has only made them fall further behind the Cardinals, who have won, what, seven straight? Yeah, the Cardinals are on a tear. And, and it's not just like they've won seven straight. They've won seven straight, and some of those some of those scores are absurd. Some of those scores are like 13 to nothing. You know, like they've just been putting up. You go to their baseball reference page right now, and it's like these huge, huge spreads. I... I can't handle the Cardinals being in the this playoffs. successful. Yeah. yeah. 
15 and three in August. So yeah, this is, this is not fun to watch. I would love nothing more than for this Cubs team to just take whatever magic they have been skating on and making life difficult for the Cardinals. If they do that, they are going to need some more offensive, some better offensive output from their own hitters. And, and to be clear, these numbers would normally be very good. But just in comparison to what I just told you the Cardinals have been doing, they don't appear as good. In the last month and change, the Cubs' hottest hitters have been Fran Mill Reyes with a WRC plus of 160. Nick Madrigal, whose WRC plus is up to 127. I think this might be the first time Nick Madrigal has been on this list. Nikki, two strikes. Happy to have you here. Uh, Wilson Contreras has a WRC plus of 120. Ian Happ is at 119. Jan Gomes is at 115. And Patrick Wisdom is at 114. Nico Horner just missed the list at 109. And actually, I want to go back. Did I hear a rumor correctly that Nikki Two Strikes doesn't want to be called Nikki Two Strikes anymore and needs a new nickname? Oh, he! I did not hear that, no. I saw it on he, Twitter, he but I didn't know if it was real. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking because I thought maybe I just missed it while I was traveling. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I, you know, it's better than the other things I was calling him, though, um, at the beginning of the year. <laughs> so he probably would like th- those nicknames less. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of a dumb name. But I think you can't really, uh, can't really choose Kenya is like a nickname's nickname. I mean, sometimes I call and because Nikki two strikes is kind of apt that he's a good two strike hitter that it's hard to get him out. He's a slap hitter, sprays it around the field. Um, you know, better than Nikki two outs. Was- <laughs> <laughs> call him Nikki two knocks. That was the nickname yeah, that Nikki- I saw. I, and I wish I could give credit to whoever tweeted that originally. That was the nickname I saw someone post on Twitter as a, as a possible solution. He was Nikki three hits in one of these games. So dude, he's been great. Like I, he's getting, he's getting those little bloop single singles all the time. If you ever go to his baseball savant page, which I do on occasion, just cause I like to see if, you know, how hitters are using the field, whether their pool tendencies are, are overtaking or whatever. Uh, his, his is really interesting. Cause I don't think that any of his hits have actually like cleared the outfielders, like not the outfield, like just like where the outfielders set up, they all blew like short. <laughs> I'm like, whatever works, yeah. Nikki. I mean, he's only, he's got no triples. He's got only five doubles out of his 40 hits. So he's not slugging. I mean, he's slugging 287. So maybe that's fine, but it still ends up with an OPS plus of 70. So, and that's from some pretty bad hitting when he was not, I mean, he batted 340 and then 305 with the White Sox. So, uh, and he was slugging a lot better. I mean, slugging 425 when we got him in the trade. You got to wonder, there was the injuries, have been having trouble staying healthy. So, hopefully, I mean, he even has two home runs. Well, not, not with the Cubs. <laughs> I was no, at one of the games where Nick Madrigal hit a home run. I think it was a walk-off home run. And I remember I was in a fight with the dude that I was uh, with at the time we were at the game together. And I was like, well, he's not going to walk it off. He never hits a home run. And then sure enough. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Even Nick Madrigal is out (laughs) to prove me wrong today. If Nick Madrigal proves anyone wrong with a walk-off home run this week, you know that Danny and I will have it here first on Cup of Cubby Blue. Danny, where can people find you and what you're doing with the Bleacher Bum Band in Wrigleyville, in and around Wrigley Field this week? Well, I will be at Wrigley Field uh, tonight. I'm going to the game 
I'm going to uh, the game tomorrow, too. I got some uh, free tickets. Thank you to Dominic and uh, for, for those uh, tomorrow. In fact, like it's great living by the ballpark. People are just like, hey, I got an extra. And I'm just like, oh, sweet. I'll, I'll head down. I really haven't paid for a ticket all weekend. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I really haven't. Like I haven't, I didn't pay for any tickets for the last four games I've gone to. So thank you to all of my well-wishers. I appreciate it. Um, if you have tickets to give me, follow at Sunranto on Twitter and let me know about those tickets that I can have. Yeah, that sounds like a good deal if you can get it. If you have two tickets that you can give Danny, generally, uh, he'll he'll shoot me a call and let me know if I can come with him. Or if you want to just give me yeah. tickets directly, you can follow me at BCB underscore Sarah. You can follow both of us at at Cup of Cubby Blue, and you can find all of our writing, all of the podcasts, and all of the content uh, at that Twitter account and at bleedcubbyblue.com. Look. The Cubs are not going to the playoffs this year, but they can play spoiler with the Cardinals in town. And I am here for that. Looking forward to some major league debuts, looking forward to hoping to seeing if the Cubs can continue their series winning streak against the St. Louis Cardinals until next time. Bye.